0: Welcome to the Plan C Podcast. G'day, hello, welcome to this episode. Um, I'm Dave Lester.
1: I'm Neil Gibb, and today we're going to be talking to Spencer Land, who is the founder of a company called Global Associates, which is a tech company in the building intelligence space, uh, founded about 10 years ago. and We'll certainly talk a little bit about what Global Associates is, and, uh, and you know, what kind of space it's in. But what we're really interested in, the interesting thing about this uh, interview, and we called it the long game, is that Spencer has a very different view about what his business is for in terms of his relationship with the community. So that's what we're going to be talking about. But hello, Spencer. Hey, good morning, guys. Thank you for having me on. It's really, uh, really good to be here. Well, it's good to see you. And, and before we get into the, you know, the real kind of meat of what we want to talk about, just tell us a little bit about what Global Associates is, because building intelligence is one of those terms that probably most people don't really know what it means. I was hoping you could tell me.
2: Uh, yeah, it, it sounded good, didn't it? It sounded good. So what, what do we do? So we um, we help clients uh, make their buildings more intelligent and more energy efficient and obviously to low, uh, lower the carbon impact on the environment as well. So it's everything to do with sort of controlling everything from the heating, the cooling, the lighting, and the basically the whole sort of interaction of anything that's mechanical, electrical, yeah, in that in that building, or or indeed space, or indeed yeah, the a wider estate as well. So that could be anything from large shopping centres to large office blocks to you know large university campuses, for example, those sorts of things. And uh, yeah, that that's what we uh, that's what we do. We help design those solutions to make those buildings more intelligent.
1: And you know, in some ways, you're the you know you're know, the classic kind of tech startup success story, which a lot of people are obviously interested in. You know, you come out of technology, you looked at how technology could make make a, a, you know could have impact in a certain area, and, and over ten years, you've created a very successful company, which uh, obviously we'd like to know a bit about. But what I'm really interested in is when we started talking, is some of the ideas you've got about you know what we're calling the long game. So what's your what, what's your vision for Global Associates? So it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, we, as you say, it's very um,
2: a lot of businesses and a lot of great businesses uh, are built by you know people doing it, having come up with a great idea, um, raising a lot of uh, VC money and uh, you yeah, know and building those businesses and growing them. And, and there's some, yeah, there's we, we shouldn't underestimate some of the fantastic uh, innovation that's gone on for the last sort of 15 years, yeah, in particular. Um, and in fact, in the last 10 years, it's we've been phenomenal, um, and that's great, um, and that's wonderful. The problem is. That when you do that there is you know it does take you down a road which is um you know that business is going to be sold it's going to be sold into you know maybe a PE house a uh you know uh you know maybe it gets listed maybe it gets bought out by big tech maybe it gets bought out by you know another fund or whatever um but it does lead you down a road of uh you know that business yeah you know, being sold and moving on with it and you know, I've been fortunate to be part of um, several M activities over the years, and, and they were great, and that's all wonderful. Um, but there really is, uh, you know, for me, a sense of wanting to build something that, you know, that lasts beyond, you know my tenure, uh, and uh, yeah, and beyond anybody in the business right now. And by that, I mean, you know, genuinely beyond that. You know, it's not just a case of us wanting to do this for, you know, rather than it being five or ten years, it being fifteen, twenty, yeah, you know, twenty years is actually a genuine you know, a timeline that we look at when we make decisions about how we invest and grow the business. But we're talking about, you know, the next generation taking this on, moving it forward such that, you know, when I'm, I don't know, 90, 95, sitting down and opening a new, you know, nice bottle of claret on a Friday um, Friday evening with it, I can still look and see that actually the business has been, you know, still going on and developing, growing people and growing and adding value for clients and, uh, and delivering value. And, yeah, and quite frankly, I just, you know, we just didn't want – Yeah, we wanted to take it down a a path that is right for us. Um, And I'll get on to talk a little bit about that. And I think the key part of that is getting the right people who have the similar sort of mindset and beliefs around that. And it's not for everyone, right? I mean, a lot of people don't want to do it. They want to, you know, build something that can, you know, that's hyper growth. You know, we are, I mean, in fact, last year, 2019, we were the seventh fastest growing business in Kent. And, you know, we have several offices up north as well, up, you know, heading up towards your way, or in fact past you, um, in Liverpool and Leeds as well. So we sort of have, you know, national coverage. But it's, you know, it's, a big, it's a big part of it that our organic growth has been completely self-funded. You know, we're completely, you know, we, we cut our cloth to fit. Um, and a big part of that is, you know, is you know, individuals having to make decisions and shaping stuff for how we grow and how we develop. But we don't have the same we don't have the same pressures of, you know, quarterly numbers, you know, you know, getting x number of clients on board by x, you know, delivering revenue numbers of this or or whatever, yeah, you know, it it allows us to take a bit more of a pragmatic view. um and it allows us I think to build more a more sustainable business. I mean, you, you know, it's, it allows us to build a business that we're all proud of and something that actually quite frankly we gives us a bit more autonomy about making those decisions and yeah, we can talk about those sort of things. I mean, I, I do. There are some fantastic businesses that have got some great investment and, you know, doing some great things. I do sometimes wince a little bit and take a deep breath when I look at some of those businesses that are still, you know, not profitable, but, you know, spending, you know, millions, tens of millions a year uh, to build and grow, which is great. Um, there's no tweets about it. I think once you get some black ink on the ledger, you um, the world becomes, it changes the way you look at things. Um, and I think it helps, I think, sometimes making some decisions about where you can invest to build your business in a more sustainable way. So and we can talk a bit more about that if that's of interest. I'm more than happy to talk a little bit more about what some of those bits are. But does that make sense?
0: Yeah, Spencer, it, it does. And it, you know, what you seem to be speaking to me of is that it's a real philosophy that's in kind of ingrained within the whole business. So you know, I'm interested in how you're saying it's shaping the way people think and the way that they're making decisions and that they are looking at this long term, even beyond their tenure and beyond your tenure. So for me, it's a really interesting concept is into, you know, how do you actually build that as a culture? How, How do you spread that as your vision? Because it's, you know, we're used to the world being driven by KPIs and people having performance demands. And I imagine that's still part of the business. People have still got to perform and you've got indicators around how you know whether they are or whether you're not but how do you differentiate that from the short term to the long term is kind of really interesting
2: sure sure so so i mean let me let me start a little bit we have a yeah we have our purpose as us you yeah, it's a yeah you can have vision you can have goals and you yeah, know value propositions you can take yeah you know, for clients and people and they change over time and that's perfectly yeah perfectly natural yeah our purpose is something that you know, holds fast. It's that foundation. And you know, it, it, you know, our purpose is, you know, is to build a truly great company that delivers superior results for everybody we partner with. So it's not just clients. It's all our supply chain and all the people we work with. And it's important. You know, the, the second part of it, which is the real kicker, it's a legacy for future generations. And yeah, you know, when we have inter- when we interview people to join us, and uh, whether or not that's yeah you know, everything down at the apprentice level, you know, joining or right through to seasoned yeah, individuals, you know, it is important that we you know we emphasize that. Uh, and what do we mean by that? Yeah, you know, we emphasize the fact we make it clear in yeah you know, in the first interview conversation we'll have with people to be absolutely clear. You know, if you're a senior person coming, in, we have no interest in selling. You know, our 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 vision is is that this will go on for you know 20 30 40 50 years and beyond you know we are get, you know, we want to be known as you know, the, you know the best in our space we don't we're never going to be the biggest yeah you know, we're never going to be the biggest and we wouldn't want to be but we do want to be the best yeah you know, we do want to be seen as that market leader for that so right from the outset that conversation is we're open uh, you know and open about that with it um how does that how does that drive our conversations um with people in the culture around that with it? Yeah, that kind of comes back to sort of our values and you know what, what it is that we expect from individuals um, and yeah you know, we you know, there's a whole bunch of you know things you can do around sort of testing and things for people's values and what they do in conversations around that but it really is about taking that longer term view and yeah you know, when I look at senior people that have joined us I say senior people I'm talking people sort of, you know, 30 35 plus in, in age uh, with it yeah you know, they have to buy into the fact that we're you know they're, they're going to be asked to build their you know, to, to grow and develop and hire their replacement. Yeah. And that includes my CEO and the whole management team. You know, you, you have to be comfortable with that, you know, because, do you know what, that that's fine. There can be a job here for you forever. And it might be different than the one you're doing now, but you're going to have to at some stage, you, you have to accept the fact you're willing to build in that for, yeah, for the long term and invest in that. And that's, yeah, that's not for everyone. That's not for everyone, and uh, you know, and that uh, it can be a bit of a challenge for people. I think, uh, with it, we're not the easiest firm, <laughs> organisation to be part of. I think because we do have that mindset uh, around that, and we are verging on, you know. Say fanatical about investment in people and lifelong learning but we really are and you know we we expect people to be able to be comfortable being challenged uh and to grow outside and to challenge themselves and push themselves into new roles within the business and that's one of the other things what yeah when you're in a sector and you're disrupting it as we are and things are changing around you in the world that we are in now you need to have people that are comfortable with change and i say comfortable change and disruption you know they're painful yeah they're hard. It's hard. It's harder to change things. It's harder to disrupt things. It takes more effort. It takes, you know, it's, it's it's simple as that. You know, there are more setbacks. There are more challenges with it. It's easier to stay with the status quo with it. Not that there's anything wrong with that either. But we are all about for us to grow in the right way. It means that people have to feel comfortable being able to challenge outside their roles. So they're the single, I mean, that that they are the big characteristics we look for in people when they join us. Is sure, there's got to be a capability for the role they're looking at with it. But it's more about the fact that they're you know they're open enough to be able to understand those changes and that growth element. Does
1: that make sense? I don't don't my rambling on there a bit with it. Is that- no, no, it, it, it does. And you, you know, it, it's this sort of um, the magic that everyone's trying to create in a company is uh, you know is a culture. You know, something that differentiates the organization from other organizations. And, you know, we all sort of know what a culture is. And then also, we also don't know what, you know, like what exactly is it? So, you know, what what are the sort of things that you do to actually create a culture that facilitates and enables what you're committed to there? I think there is a, yeah, you know, with all these things, isn't there? There's, um, you know, there's,
2: yeah, there's, there's yeah, everything is led by example, isn't it? And, yeah, and, and, and by that, I mean, when people, yeah you know, people follow the path of the environment they're in we we respond to the environment we're in and you know we expect and we hold ourselves accountable to that so think yeah when we look at yeah, our our values as a you know, as, as a business and you know the values that we you know that we yeah you know, that we foster within the organization are around growth and that's not just growth as a business but growth as individuals as well yeah you know, leadership openness betterment so we yeah, it's all about us driving every, you know making things better uh, and we can talk about that because there's a slight difference between maximizing op- you know, maximizing you know something and making it the most efficient thing in the world actually that can cause more problems for business but it's about making it better to allow it to be more nimble to be more agile in the way in which it operates accountability you know we we are massive on this with it and it's difficult particularly if people come from large organizations Getting used to the fact of just saying, yeah, do you know what? I made a mistake there, or fundamentally it sits with me. There is no other team behind it. There is no somebody else. You know, it's fine. You know, all the conversations we have are about solving problems. I mean, that's yeah, that's my background. That's what it's about. Um, you yeah, know, it's about solving problems with it. You know, we all make mistakes. We all do things that could be better. Sometimes we get things wrong. That's fine, but it's about being accountable for that. And, and the last one is lifelong learning, which is a you know, massive thing for me uh, in particular and it's certainly something that we you know we drive it's not just about growing and developing you know young individuals and training them in development it's about the entire life journey for everyone whatever stage you're at in your career about growing and developing because you know it there was you know that's the new world it's the new way of work right the new way of work is lifelong learning you will no longer have no one's going to have a job the same job for the rest yeah for their whole lives anymore i i, I was trying to steer away from using the c word every minute but career i'll say it in a wince a little bit because i uh, yeah you know, career is not something i ever quite understood myself with it i'm um, i was very fortunate i've been very fortunate just to find myself with great people to work with to do great things and and that's been fantastic i've never personally i've you know the career ladder type thing has never been something for me that i've uh, that I found rewarding. Not to say it's not rewarding and it's great for some people and that's fine, but it's it's not, not been a, a big thing for me. Um, yeah, it's, it's about finding those right people, which is quite, yeah.
0: It's, you talk about wanting to, you know, a company wants to be around for for that long game, which I find really interesting and, and it's, um, it's something that uh, I'm pretty passionate about. And you're talking about individuals that, you know, part of their role is to make themselves redundant. Effectively, which I've found in my group—use a c-word—you know—within my my career or my life in working for other people and now for myself—is is quite a rewarding thing and actually opens more doors than it than it certainly closes. If you do have that mindset of how can I create something and and create a team behind me that are able to do what I do, it's it's a, it's almost game changing.
2: I think it's method- how
0: yeah I'm, I'm interested in how the business is structured then you know from a hierarchical point of view because it sounds like you're not a very traditional organization at all um which is fascinating so I'm really kind of interested in, in how you're
2: structured so so we do have structure and i think yeah it's one of these things isn't it we you know, people talk about a lot of agile organizations or low structure, of, you know, sort of low hierarchy and all these things. The reality is, you know, for things to work, anything, whether or not it's organic life or anything, there is a structure to things, you know. You know, food goes in one end, goes out the other. Yeah, there is a structure. It's important. There is, you know, things need structure to there. Um, with it, um, we do have um, people who have, you know, roles that are, you know, for example, head of this, head of delivery, head of sales, head of, you know, finance, these sort of things. There are, you know, structures within that but there are no bounds for the impact that people can have or, or in fact, that we expect people to have. Yeah. You know, ideas don't come from the top down. You know, our, our, yeah. Ideas come from the bottom up. Ideas come from customers. Ideas come from an apprentice who's particularly passionate about learning about something. Ideas come from a graduate who's particularly driven about something with it. And, you know, and, and I think it's one of those things, isn't it? As you, as you get a bit older, You can, you know, sometimes, yeah, the pace can slow down a little bit or some of your drive and passion for innovation and bits of it. And actually, you know, nothing is quite like, it's like rocket fuel, isn't it? Of, yeah, getting in a a graduate who's talented and got some, you know, aspirations to learn and develop and wants to be passionate about something and has an idea. All the great ideas and things of how we've changed our business, how we service for clients, how we take propositions to market. Um, You know, technology innovation, that's all come from the bottom up because people have a right to, you know, just to, to, to be able to share that for, and be rewarded for it as well. And by rewarding for it, because they get, you know, they have the opportunity, they're passionate about it, to drive it and develop it forward. So we do, um, we're slight bit different as us as a business as well. Although we are fundamentally a services business, as in we solve problems for clients, um, we are also, we actually do build product offerings, which are, you know, hardware, software bits together. Uh, we use obviously we partner with you know, various people around the world and use different other hardware platforms and bits as well. Um, but we actually build our owns. We have our own solutions for certain elements as well around integration of different types of uh, you know technology and bits into that building ecosystem. Um, you know that all that product innovation and pieces with it. Bear in mind we are a small firm of you know forty people. You know we actually are a bit of product development and we are services and they coexist together. Why and how is that successful within one business? And typically, the, the story is you can either be a product or a services business. But why does it work? Because people want it to work. Because you know, people buy into it and they want it to work. So people find a way to change the operating models for how, as a group, they can deliver and how they can actually provide value to clients and how we can deliver from that and how we can earn revenue from that and, therefore, how we can further invest in those things. And people find a way to make that work. And I think, you know, it's fine to have an idea as someone, you know, when not you're part of the management team, to have an idea about something. I don't like to see anybody in the management team say, this is how we're going to do it. It's fine to say here is an idea. What well, I am, you know, I, I think this might be a good way to go and solve it and structure ourselves. And yeah, you know, Peter, you might want to do this. Jane, you might want to own that. But it's fine to put that out there. But let the people decide with that. You know, if Jane doesn't, if Jane's not passionate about that, and she's passionate about something else, do you know what? You are probably better off working out who's passionate about what and what they actually want to do. Does that sound, does that does that one? might just I am probably just does that, does that sound too crazy. I don't know.
1: It, well, it, it's no, it's it maybe why there was a little bit of a silence there. I'm listening, going, this sounds great. And then I'm, I, I, the question I'm always, uh, well, how have you done this? <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm trying to work out even what the starting question is. You know, it's like the chicken and egg. You know, when do you start with the culture? Do you start with the people? You know, how do you ensure you get the right people and they operate in the way that you want, I suppose, in this way you're talking about? Yeah,
2: I think well, it's, it's an interesting point, isn't it? The culture, um, you know, the, the people get, I think too, it's too easy to say culture is is, just a set of values that are drawn on a PowerPoint and yeah, you know, a mission statement of purpose. And it comes from the top down. You know, actually what comes from the top down are the beliefs and you should set an expectation. And we set the expectation about what it is we expect people to do, which is fundamentally to deliver for clients, deliver value for clients and wow them. You know, there is there is no tolerance for us in not uh, delivering for clients and, and, you know, and under-delivering for them. That That's, you know, culturally, that's, you know, people, that's about the only thing I think people will take you to task for within our organization. You can make mistakes. People will work with you to build up, but not delivering for clients is just, oof, you know, uh, cold shivers down the spine, even saying the words, quite frankly. um, yeah, Once you set that from the top down, the culture then, Gets built by the teams. So it's the people who are doing it. You know, everyone. You can, yeah, you, know, you can share the beliefs that you actually you want people to operate in, and give them the, the fundamentals of the environment that you want people to operate in. But the culture comes from the people you know, and you'll go and talk to one team of three or four people and go and talk to another six and the way they operate might be slightly different because that works for them. And I think it's not a dictatorial thing. You can't, yeah, it's not something to impose upon someone. It has to be about just creating something so that people can actually engage around that to, to, to deliver the value for themselves. And I think that's, yeah, that's the key bit, I think, with it.
1: How have you... um I think it's always. Uh, I, I'm very interested in in flip sides, upsides and downsides. You know, I've been in very delivery focused organisations, uh, both work for them and, and as clients, and and some of them um, are awful places to work because they're so focused on delivery. So it's like no tolerance for for uh, in the way you said. Uh, and that drives all sorts of behavior, including people you know covering up when they make mistakes and you know kind of blaming other people and all that kind of thing. so obviously, it's not like that at all where you are. so you know how have you um created that you know the yang to the yang to the ying if you like, of a very delivery focused organization sure i I think um so that yeah that when you set the outset of
2: um you yeah, know fundamentally it's about delivering value for clients and succeeding in doing that, and the type of people we bring on are tend to be people who you know who enjoy the reward of being you know of delivering of being successful you know having a client say it doesn't matter you might have had a difficult conversation with a client a difficult journey with them get them to that point but when the client says to you at the end you know well done thank you for that our business is better as a result you know our products our services are better and you know and you see the impact particularly when quite a lot of the work we do the vast majority of it actually have a you know a wider impact because it's lowering the impact on the environment as a result of you know the carbon reduction and those sort of great things as well people what people do on their day-to-day role yeah actually drives those things and you can see those things it's rewarding and people who people who like who enjoy that experience being rewarded like that then that's a great fit for us and they're the sort of people that do well with this when people are not overly worried about that and it's you know and some delivery organizations you know i, I yeah i, can, I remember a, a client saying once with it well yeah you hit all the targets you hit all the kpis um but it felt like it was being done to us rather than with us and you know and 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 that is not that's not great because that doesn't deliver the long term relationships it doesn't build the long term trust and that, you know and and that culture of being able to be a, a partnership type model with that um yeah how do we how do we foster that? I think yeah you know, it's about being open about our accountability about things you know when when all of us make mistakes we're open with everyone about it. It doesn't matter where you are in the organization. you know my CEO would be the first to raise his hand and say he got something wrong on this or he what he did there wasn't quite right, same with you know head of delivery or you know or, or you know sales or anybody in the team and and it, yeah the the consequences for saying that are you know well okay that that means you're now open to solving the actual problem and if you're having problems with it somebody else will come in and help you with that yeah being successful is a team game yeah this is this is a team game you know it really is um and great individuals are great and you need to have great individuals but the sum of the parts of you know is what it's all about and actually building allowing people to build and develop those teams and you have individuals who are better with each other some individuals than others of course i mean that's yeah, that's absolutely fine. But you've got to allow, Yeah, you know, you've got to foster that to allow it to be open to say, you know what, I need help. I need some support on this. And that, you know what, I'm not going to be, someone's not sitting there ticking a little list and well, they failed at that. You know, when it comes down to the, when it comes down to our annual, you know, process of reviews and individuals and of all those things with it, do you know what, at the end of the day, what matters is being successful in delivering for our clients and all those things. And sure, there's financial kpis and all those things because they are important of course they are um, they absolutely are but the more important kpis for us are about actually growing the business and when i say growing the business actually having better relationships with clients it's about having better solutions that we can bring to clients exciting solutions where we can see us be able to further increase the opportunity we have which is about you know making things better for people and that's yeah that's what it, really what's about
0: yeah well spencer um you you're effectively the last, uh, the last person we're talking to in this season of the Plan C podcast. And, you know, you are clearly defining a lot of the messages and, and commonalities that we've heard out of everyone. You know, one, I can clearly sense your passion. But what you're talking about is you creating an organization that has this, this great psychological safety behind it, where people can be candid, they can have open conversations, it's built on trust, it's built on respect, but respect is earned. Um, you know, trust is, is almost a given, um, some great things. What I'm really interested though, is that there is often a dark side to all of this because you're asking high expectations of people. And I can tell that you do hold yourself highly accountable for your actions. And I'm sure you hold other people accountable too. So the dark side is, is quite a bad side that, you know, it can be burnout. It can be stress. it, It can be all of this sort of stuff. What have you kind of got in place within your organisation to to help balance that out, the yin to the yang, as Neil kind of talked about?
2: Yeah, and I think I think it's a it's a good point, isn't it? And goodness knows this year has, uh, has certainly been a you know an an accelerator for some of those issues around burnout and things with it for sure. Um, I think the starting point I would say to that is you know we are a certain type of organisation. We get put a lot of effort into. The recruitment process and trying to make you know making people aware of how we are and what our expectations are and how that fits but some people it's not right for them you know it's just the way it is it's not about right or wrong it's just not right for them you know that's not the model they want with it. so there's an element there for sure um as far as putting things in place. so um yeah i think that you know the burnout thing is interesting isn't it and i've certainly you know in the past um been part of some you know challenging uh delivery projects in my past life in, in it um and you know and, and burnout was you know back in the late 90s early you know, early noughties was just sort of an accepted way of delivering actually with it and it was almost accepted and sure at the end of it you had a bit of recovery time you know have a couple of days at home with it and then you're back again with it the problem is with burnout um, in my opinion with it, it you know the the um the scars are lasting you know they really are they change the way people uh, believe in the firm that's you know uh, it changed the way people believe in wanting to deliver for clients um, and you know that can have some material impacts on people as well for sure um, and I think yeah a big part of you know that for you know this year has been obviously a, a challenge for for many of us with it and I think certainly uh, I would say probably after about month three um, of the you know the covid situation with it we were certainly yeah you know, the initial adrenaline that fuels you through that um and you you know and, and the the you know, in a crisis sort of situation, you know people come together naturally and you've got the energy and the drive and the adrenaline fuels you through that um but then pretty quickly um yeah people get into you know start getting into the fatigue situation with it and and that's everyone. It doesn't matter who you are you know uh, yeah it doesn't matter you can be yeah you know, what it's not a, it's not a fault it's us in human beings it's our very nature you know we you know when you're you know prolonged periods of stress and uncertainty and doubt and fears um that particularly when they're outside of your control particularly when you're talking about life-threatening stuff um yeah that that that's difficult. So one of the things we, we, we put in place was, um, you know, we we had a we had a fantastic um, external lady come sort of provide a bit of support, uh, sort of a coaching, mentoring one to one. She specialises in um, sort of helping teams with burnout uh, and really wanted to just to allow people to engage because certain people in the business were really showing that, you know, we really start to see, yeah, yeah, that that mental fatigue. And the problem is with that mental fatigue is you then take it home with you, and sometimes you're already at home. And, you know, and then when you when that starts to impose upon family and friends and, and those sort of environment, particularly in the enclosed environment we're in now, that 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 becomes an accelerator for people's, you know, lack of performance. It becomes an accelerator for people just, quite frankly, not enjoying what they're doing. Um, and things like innovation, you can forget that when when you start to get people in that sort of situation because, you yeah, you know, people aren't wired about the next great idea or spending time thinking about that. They're just trying to get it through the week, you know, <laughs> trying to get through the week. So... That's been phenomenal, actually, and we've yeah, and that's still ongoing now for some individuals. Some people used uh, used it for a couple, yeah, a few weeks, have a few sessions with it, and then some people carried on using it as well. Um, and it's been you know really really useful to have that sort of voice of just a, someone external to be able to say, do you know what you are showing signs of burnout and some of the fatigue? These are some of the things you need to do with think about changing some of your diet, exercise, some of those things, um, all those things. It all sounds like a, a bit, oh, yeah, whatever. Now, these things are important, you know, just getting time away. When you're working at home, you know, sometimes, um, yeah, you know, it's really difficult sometimes to sort of, you know, you just sort of sit in front of your screen. You've got to get out. You've got to have the breaks. You've got to enjoy, you know, you've got to get out and have those, you know, those sort of get up, move around and have some, you know, and have some exercise time and all those things are good as well. And also some of the teams that are out because um, obviously we are still working, yeah, you know, we're still delivering for clients during some of these COVID situations. It, you know, there's that extra fatigue and of, you know, and fear of people being on client sites sometimes, and actually having to deliver some of those things, and about making sure that we put things in place around best practice for health and safety and all those things to make sure that people feel comfortable that they can, yeah, you know, they've got autonomy to to do what's right for them, you know. Um, and sometimes that means some people you know i've had to you know we've had to put them into slightly different roles move some different bits have somebody else come in and help them sometimes it w- would have been a one-person um activity we've sometimes put two people on there just to be able to help you know actually alleviate that because you know no one's running at 100 right now you know and actually to help them through some of those things so that's been and that's been useful and i think we've you know we've all found that beneficial for sure um i think also we've also you know we're very conscious about the family element to that as well and i think um you know we are people talk about a family business and you know, all those things but the impact of individuals when you know bringing that to the home environment if you impact your home life with it that you know that has, that comes comes back to you abounds and double impact on the individual in their work environment so you know helping people alleviate that at home as well I think is important as well with it and actually you know allowing them to have the do you know what it's absolutely fine for the middle of the afternoon for you to go and spend some time with the kids when they're you know yeah they're schooling from home and you know you've got to go and relearn how to do trigonometry for example so you can (laughs) actually become the teacher you know um it's fine take an hour out to go and do that no one's interested no no one wants to clock you know check on any of that stuff we're not interested just get out there and do it you know just go and make it happen you know
1: I'll tell you what, Spencer. Uh, you know, as as it's becoming a bit of a theme in these uh, these interviews, we say so we just feel like we started talking to you, but we've come to the end of our half hour. That was that was fantastic, and and as you know, this is the the final episode of our first series of this podcast. You know, which in itself has been an experiment, and uh, one of the things we do is we listen, um, you know, all, all the way through to the interview and see what the themes are. But I think one theme I've really heard, which is perfect, because it starts it's a, starts it's another C word, is how much you care. You know, you clearly care about your customers, you clearly care about your business, but, you know, you really care about humans in the broadest sense. And I think that's the thing that, for me, is really defining what you're doing, you know. So I just want to say it's been beautiful to talk to you, actually. Thank you very much.
2: Well, thank you guys for inviting us on. And if anybody has any questions around anything we're doing, I'm more than happy to, you know, reach out, have a conversation about it, more than happy to, you know, share.
1: And, you know, quite frankly, we're very keen to learn as well how to do things better. So please do. All right, well, we'll put your contact details, You send us whatever you want, contact details, or your website, whatever, and we'll put that into the links for the podcast. Brilliant stuff. Thank you, guys. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Spencer. Thanks for listening. Please leave us your comments, and remember to subscribe to the Plan C Podcast with Neil Gibb and Dave Lester.